So welcome back to the shed, everybody. As you can see, once again, if you're watching this on YouTube, at least you can see it. We're doing it virtually. Uh, the reason why is because today's recording session required us to have a virtual guest. Somebody who actually works for a living instead of what we do. Well, KJ works. RJ and I, we just basically pontificate for a living. It doesn't pay well, but it's deeply satisfying. Um, I think that... <laughs> And so, yeah, we're going to hang around in here, shoot the breeze. You can watch the light change in behind us. Maybe the backgrounds change. We try to keep these things lively, moving along. Whatever we do, hopefully it's going to be enough to keep you engaged and amused. And so here we go, boys. Let's go. All right, listener mail. We have Captain Rob from Saskatoon still making his way through our back catalog. Where is he up to these days? To episode 41. Dr. Phil's Beady Little Eyes. That's one of my favorite episode titles. And he refers, and I can't remember what we were talking about. Uh, We would have been talking about something that involved Don Chisholm from Medicine Hat. Captain Rob says, that was Don, the crazy artist from Medicine Hat at Lethbridge there, wasn't it? Awesome guy. And Don, though not crazy, I would uh, label him at the time as as wild. You know, he's the one that uh, introduced us to... uh, John Prine, the late John Prine, COVID-19, took him away from us. Um, Don told me once that every single person from Medicine Hat was crazy. And uh, he goes, look, there goes Dave now. And Dave's just crazy guy walks by, you know. (laughs) Did he attribute it to the constant unceasing wind? I don't know. Like Medicine Hat is actually a military town. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's army, I guess. But, uh, yeah, they have a big base there. And so that, I think, maybe contributed to a little bit of the, uh, they probably had the uh, ropers and dopers there big time. Because so. Wainwright's near Edmonton, isn't it? Fort Wainwright? Yeah, north of Edmonton, that's right. So then there's another one in Alberta. No wonder Alberta's such a redneck province. Jeez. Yeah, Cap, Cap and Bob went up to Wainwright, yeah, actually. Yeah, so did my brother Tim. Tim yeah. of Durham. Rob brought his uh, casino set up with him and <laughs> set up a roulette wheel and uh, made a tidy profit up there. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Bob. boy. All right. Cap'n Rob goes on to say, and we had discussed whether it's correct to call it Idaho Peak or Idaho Peaks. Cap'n Rob says, I always called it Idaho Peaks because you could see the mountains of Idaho from the top. Like that, I never thought of it that way. If you'd asked me, I called it Idaho Peaks because that's what all the cool kids did. And, you know, I'm just lucky they didn't all jump off Idaho Peaks. But I, if you'd asked me now today to bet on it, I would have said it's just called Idaho Peak. But he might be right. He goes on to say another super fantastic episode, puppies. I'm lagging a bit. Oh, yeah. Mike from Rossland convinced me the slow two signs because we talked about the... um, Speed limit oh, signs the, the around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The slow two signs could be converted directly from kilometers per hour to miles per hour, providing the safe cornering speed. Yeah. Works even for the old RAV. boy, Mike. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Well, I think we discussed in that episode, though, just in the, for the sake of public safety, that in the vast majority of cases, I actually agree with that. The vast majority of cases, you pretty much can do that. The trouble is on any given 50 mile stretch of road or 80 kilometer stretch of road, there's one or two that are real. 
there's one or two corners that, you know, if you, you better slow to whatever it says, or you're going to have trouble unless you're driving some kind of real deal car. Well, I think that stretch from uh, Pemberton to Lillooet, I think whoever decided on the speeds there drives a sports car. (laughs) (laughs) The entire stretch is, whoa, I'm glad I slowed to 50. Well, that's the thing. There's a couple of them like that. Some of those uh, secondary and tertiary roads, you know, like uh, Highway 1 isn't like that. It's all engineered and graded. And Highway 3 is now like that, too. It's engine. Highway 5 is like that, engineered, graded. But you get some of these other ones, you know, 97A or something like that. There's lots of chunks of those things where I think uh, Mike from Rossland's advice needs to be taken uh, with a grain of salt, I think. Well, related, a little different, but I've noticed that suddenly, and I'd say over a two-year period, I don't know if you'd call that sudden, but in the terms of a lifetime, I've become that guy. (laughs) Are you gunning it on the straightaways? Are you? No, no, it's the other way around. Like in the city, in the 50K zones, it's not uncommon for me to be going 40 or 45. (laughs) You know, everything's a threat now. Oh, see that car? Somebody could pop out behind the car. So finally, defensive driving comes home to roost. Finally. I think my reaction times are a little slower than they used to be. Well, all the rest of us uh, of your vintage who are going to experience the wonders of reduced insurance costs appreciate your abundance of caution. That's right. I do it for the people. Yeah. And (laughs) of course, I'm going to deny I do that, but I 100% do that. Uh, Everything is a threat. Nancy from New Westminster on episode 93, Karen Dogs. Hey, dogs. Thanks again for keeping up the podcast. Gives me something to look forward to. Regarding your comments about the Zoom wedding, you may know, and I did not, that I am a marriage commissioner, and we've been told that Zoom wedding ceremonies are not legal. You can certainly attend via Zoom, but I can't conduct a wedding unless you are physically in front of me. Uh On a side note, I have never been busier. I think I figured it out. People don't have to pay for a venue or a meal and just a nominal amount for flowers and or a photographer. And you don't have to invite those crazy relatives because they can't travel and you can't have more than a dozen people. So you're not going to have, you know, Uncle Joe dancing with the 13-year-old girls or whatever. Yeah. Uncle Donald saying all kinds of crazy stuff that nobody wants to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and for the record, just to be clear, my nephew's wedding was actually, they were both there and I just attended virtually. And that's exactly what Nancy from New West is talking about. There you go. So she says she closes this with COVID made it a great opportunity to have an inexpensive wedding and then save your money for a big party later or take a honeymoon. Yeah, or put it in RSP. Yeah, and I'm to be judgmental, I think that people should never be spending that 40000 bucks on a wedding that's become the trend now. Well, that's... Don't you think that's just a keeping up with the Joneses thing, guys? I think you're sidling up to crotchetiness there, RJ. I think this goes hand in hand with your newfound <laughs> driving caution. Our, our audio listeners won't catch his uh, old fogey face that he just made there. It was pretty good. Pretty well, convincing. I was just looking normal. Yeah, it was pretty convincing. <laughs> no, I... Uh, there is a huge chunk, and there always has been for my whole life, of keeping up with the Joneses in yeah. uh, wedding spending. I think there's a Definitely. lot of in Instagram and social media, and it's like, oh, I have to have this amazing 
experience and spread it around. And well, it's yeah. the same thing as that gender call out business where people announce the gender of their pending child. It's the same kind of thing. Like burn a forest down. First of all, yeah, who the hell cares that much? I mean, glad you're having a kid, but I really don't care at all what its gender is. Not even slightly do I care. All right. Well, we have uh, Jesse from Montreal, longtime correspondent and friend of the show, writes us about, uh, again, the same episode. And his subject line is Karen's everywhere. <laughs> hey, guys, keep the episodes coming. I'm getting excited for the big hundredth episode celebration. Well, we can tell you that's in the can and going to be coming out before this one comes Wait out. Wait a second. Now, go ahead, PJ. What do you say Let's about this Just be talk? careful about in the can. The editing process is underway, but all the extra special effects, some of the, you know, we had celebrities sending us clips congratulate us on our oh, 100th yes, yes. to commemorate yes. those all need to be assembled and received and put together with the magic of editing so that we come away with what jesse's looking for we've got brad pitts <laughs> but angelina's hasn't arrived yet yeah that's right and uh jennifer aniston it's been a scotch month for her so we're not i'm not holding my breath on her she's big on the scotch isn't uh, she? that's what i've Anyway, by the time you hear this listener mail, I think you will have already heard the 100th episode. I hope so. He says, I'm expecting serious production values from PJ. Yep. So don't let him down. Yep, I expect to bring some people back from the dead for that episode. I loved the conversation about Karens, especially trying to find the male equivalent. Personally, I'd go with Brad. <laughs> but I feel the discussion surrounding Karens is missing some empathy. Yes, there are natural-born Karens, who had a fully-fledged Karen as a mother, and who never had a chance. But most Karens are made, not born, and the secret to understanding them is the hair. The cliché Karen always has a pixie haircut. We're so dead. We're there so goes. dead. There goes our pixie demo is I, gone. I want you, RJ, take a moment and just reiterate that this is a listener. It's not us. We, these, we only report the listener mail. We don't necessarily endorse the opinions expressed therein. I just Jesse, I see what you're doing there. I know for a fact that your mom has a pixie haircut. So what what is this actually saying? But let me let me let me read on here. And anyone who understands women, oh boy, here we go. I know. Know knows that when they show up one day with all of their hair cut off, they've just been through some shit. It's often one of the biggest warning signs of a woman going through a breakdown. So a Karen is someone who has had it, who doesn't give a fuck anymore and is going to say and do what she wants. It's only our stifling, waspy North American culture that treats them as obnoxious. In most other cultures, they'd be considered normal people. There isn't even an equivalent in Quebec because everyone here is much more comfortable with conflict. So yes... It's fun to make fun of them, but try and spare a moment to realize that they've probably been through some serious stuff and just can't take it anymore. <laughs> All this is going in, man. No editing. That's great. <laughs> it's just, Full throttle. I'm just Let contemplating the wreckage of everything here, but... Uh, That's great. Can't top that, really. No, you really can't. That's just wild. Mindy, we have six more letters, so let's see. Keep going. See what RJ. we can find here. Keep going. Lily from Courtney. Haven't heard from her for a little while. Uh, on episode 96, So Robotic. Hi, dogs. Uh, amazing to believe that you're just four podcasts away from the Centennial Broadcast. Way to go. 
What a distance you've come. The addition of Tales from the Shuttle, and now the loss of, an editor switch, rising and changing like a phoenix from COVID-related issues, special guests, a website with nifty links, and much more. I hope you have the champagne on ice ready for the big broadcast day. A couple of things regarding this broadcast. Unless I misunderstood, I don't think there is video evidence of PJ dancing. But if there is, we faithful leaders need no deserve to see it. Now, um, just for our listeners, if you missed it, we now have a link on the website to the exact spot where that dance starts. PJ is marvelous. Robotic. In the plaza. One of the discoveries, I'll just say this about that, is that, you know, uh, I think we just heard a faithful listener refer to the fact that Karen's are often made, not born. Rhythm. You either have it or you kind of don't, I think. I think it can be learned, but for many people, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a headline the other day, never read the article, but it said, you know, people know all about tone deafness, but there's also rhythm deafness. Yeah, it's surprising to me. Like, I always undersell my own attributes, both as a fabulous dancer and otherwise, but uh, yeah, rhythm is not innate in everyone. It really isn't. It's surprising to me because I always thought that was a thing everybody, little kids, everybody got. You go to a concert, it gets really dreamy. It's a special moment. The audience is waving back and forth to the music, and there's always one person, and they're going forth and back. <laughs> just happened well but the thing is are they going forth and back at a completely different tempo than everybody else yeah. you know like they're, <laughs> they're out of they're out of phase yes <laughs> and ultimately they're in phase yeah. like a clock they're correct two times a day yeah yeah all right so what do we have here um oh yes well in that same episode uh pj you were talking about uh, your family zoom sessions and mm. how uh, you would like to see more stuff going on and uh, more general, more. And I, I made the claim that you're the uh, most extroverted of your family. Mm. And uh, so Lee has an opinion about that. She says, and also, I would say that PJ is a social introvert. She puts that in quotes, so I guess it's an official thing. It's a thing, yeah. You were discussing his regular Zoom family calls and how the rest of the family might not be as gregarious as he is. And RJ suggested PJ is an extrovert. And they are likely not. But I think he's really a social introvert. And there is indeed such a thing. And it's a good thing, because so am I. <laughs> we love you for it, Lee. I think she's right about that. <clears throat> I think it is somebody who basically uh, knows how to do the social action, but, but keeps a lot of their stuff. Uh, I would say, KJ, I'm looking at you here, keeps a lot of their stuff well in the background. They do the social action, but they're not all out all the time. A follow-up from Lee. Oh, and one more thing regarding episode 96. Every time RJ said A19 regarding the big light bulb, <laughs> all I could think of was Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I read this, I'm in instantly, yeah. No, we got nothing in common. All right. That's a line from the same song, guys. Oh, I missed, missed that. Sorry, All RJ. Right. I'm Sorry. sure that Lee got it. Yeah, I'm sure she did, actually. All right. Uh, new comment from Lee from Courtney on episode 97. By the way, I guess our listeners can figure out by now, we forgot to do listener mail for about five episodes straight. So, What's that, a year? 
Yeah, it's a long <laughs> time. Uh, this one's on episode 97, Smokin' Hot Dogs. Hi, dogs. You're creeping up on the Milestone 100th podcast, and you're just not letting up. Nothing is immune from your canine scrutiny. And because of that, I shall never be able to try Beyond Meat Burgers. <laughs> we have saved everyone. That's We've saved right. our listeners. Please. Public service announcement. The cat food aroma RJ and PJ talked about is abiding in my brain forever. I've eaten many veggie burgers of other kinds, but almost all in restaurants. And now all I can think of is the poor cooks who have to inhale the cat food smell every time an order for one of them comes in. Maybe, thanks to COVID, they've all masked up in the kitchen now, which will not only help keep out germs, but also the odor. And I guess I could just add to that, if you have COVID, you can't smell it either. <laughs> I guess that's not very nice to say. No, for, if, <laughs> it is not, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah, and if any of you have COVID or know someone who does, then please accept our sympathies for that. She goes on to say, RJ's tale of the house sale was really something. A fascinating look into the amazing real estate world that is Metro Vancouver. Here on Vancouver Island, the market is certainly active and everything up for sale sells pretty quickly and prices are definitely rising. But it all pales in comparison to the wild ride of audition offers bidding wars, and unbelievable pricing that is the case in your land, all contributing to my knowledge that I can never live there again because the real estate bridge between there and here is definitely one way. Early in my career, uh, there was someone I wanted to work with named Jim. He worked at the BC Liquor Distribution Branch, and I wrote him about three or four letters over the course of a year this was back before emails between companies. Explaining to them why I thought I would be a great addition to his team. And uh, he hired me, finally hired me. I nailed the interview. I showed up on the first day. He took me for coffee and he said, uh, Richard, I have to let you know I've just resigned. Um, <laughs> and, and so that was my first day. And he was the reason that I went there. But he moved to Phoenix, Arizona promising job and within a year he missed Vancouver he really wanted to come back but he was done he said he could not he could never come back because of the real estate markets just went crazy up here notice how I managed to bring in my own little anecdote just on the you know fringe little connection there about real estate markets. yeah yeah that was uh that was hardly painful at all actually yeah when I was young I was interviewed and then he told me that he was moving to the United States Michael from Coquitlam. How <laughs> <laughs> we move along? Michael from Coquitlam. Uh, subject is house sale, hamburgers, hot dogs. Hello, shed dogs. We hope you're well and keeping safe during COVID. We were happy to hear that Sue and her brother were able to sell their mom's house quickly. And I believe you said above the asking price, even better. My next comment is directed to Pat. I have to disagree with his assertion that the objective for both hamburgers and hot dogs is about a large amount of condiments. Au contraire, mon ami. I believe that for hamburgers, it is critical to have a fresh bun and good quality beef. The meat needs to be cooked properly, not overdone. I like the patty a little pink. Of course, you can load up your burger with condiments, but I think just a few are sufficient. Cheddar cheese on the meat with chopped onions, lettuce dill pickle, tomato and mayo, or barbecue sauce. 
For hot dogs, the bun is also important and ideally fresh. For me, I just have the bun, mayo, chopped onions, and the wiener. I have had a Chicago hot dog, which was wonderful and did have a lot of condiments. Plus, they use the European style wiener. Here are the toppings. <laughs> are you ready for this? Nestle the hot dog in a steamed poppy seed bun. Then pile on the toppings in this order. It cannot be in any other order. Number one, yellow mustard. Number two, bright green relish. Number three, fresh chopped onion, asterisk. Number four, two tomato wedges. Not three, not one, but two tomato wedges, asterisk. A kosher pickle spear, asterisk. Two sport peppers. Don't know what those are. A dash of celery salt. Good God. Here is a URL of a place that will ship you a hot dog kit from Chicago. <laughs> now, he didn't give us what those asterisks are all about. I think maybe they were optional. Maybe they're in the kit. He says, keep up the great work. Talk to you later, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, and you know, I just got to say, I think when we were talking about the importance of the condiments, Although we didn't exactly say so, at least for me, it's really when you're talking about veggie burgers that are made with seeds and yes. tofu and who knows what. Yes. They, they could never imitate the taste of beef. And so you just drown that taste yeah. out with I, the condiments. And I think it was specifically around the uh, Beyond Meat patty. I think we were talking about that's how you cover up any remote chance of cat taste once it's been cooked as you just an avalanche of condiments. I think yeah, the cat the cat taste as well as the cat food taste. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Gotta get rid of both of those. I just you know, like one of the reasons we're often slow getting episodes out is because it takes a number of days to just recover from one. Like an hour in here, three hours in here is like six weeks in any other place. <laughs> it's exhausting yeah. for you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, another one from Nancy from Westminster on 96 So Robotic. She briefly says, I liked listening to Bo and Ma and think other guest speakers are a good idea. Here's a round of applause. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks, that Nancy. was a special episode. And finally, again from Nancy on episode 97, Smoking Hot Dogs. I know you were laughing at people sending their life story with the house offer. And I'd just like to, on the side, say, yeah, I guess we were, but we also appreciated them. And they actually made a difference. But anyway, she continues, but I have to tell you, I kind of did the same thing. We looked at the place we are in now and really wanted it. So I wrote a letter to the owners about how I had friends living in the building and how my partner was born in New Westminster and I'd lived here since the 70s. We also mentioned that they could take as long as they needed to move out. Our offer was $2,000 less than list, but I felt confident and sent the letter off with my realtor. She kept saying you'll never get it because there is likely to be multiple offers. Two hours later, she called me to say that the owners turned down an offer that was $10,000 over list and took our offer because they wanted to ensure good neighbors for the building. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. What I really like about that story is Nancy was confident. Right. I mean, that's kind of Nancy all over, but I like that she just wrote the letter and thought, oh, that'll do it. And off it went. And in 
sure as anything, somebody gave up 12 grand because she asked him to, basically. Yeah, and you just never know. No. It might be the confident tone of the It. I just don't know, but I. that's yeah. the part about that that really struck me is just, yeah, no, I'm good. I, I'm going to send the note and I'm going to expect good results. And poof, there she was. Right. Well, that was a great round of listener mail. Thank you to our three correspondents, four correspondents, actually. So thank you very much. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I love it when they get mail, and uh, we do listen. We will take under advisement some of those remarks. We get to enjoy them twice, and uh, we read them when they come in, and I have a particular problem when it comes time to air them. I think, didn't we already cover this one? And it's just because we, we read them the first time. Same. And uh, sometimes I have replied to them too. So if you sent one of those and you've seen a reply from me, and then you hear us talking about it on here as though... This is the first time we heard it. You can just put that down to the wonder of theater. And also there's there's a question about the order in which things happen sometimes too. Cause, but uh, yeah, keep those cards and letters coming for sure because they're very fun. What you guys think of Andrew Wilkinson in the debate and throughout the election? KJ, you go first. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't watch any. I heard a lot of people were uh, impressed with first and now. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, for As sure. As a speaker. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, because we're so used to Trump now, that a guy like Wilkinson, you go, this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, people who believe there should be fewer social programs are not inherently evil. They they think that because they think that overall it lifts everybody up because everyone's striving harder, working harder, and it's better for in the long run, you know, and, and in fact, I think in my past, I had more leanings towards that way of thinking, especially the younger I was. But uh, anyway, it's a legitimate belief, and he doesn't come off as evil. Um, so I really appreciated seeing Andrew Wilkinson in those debates. Um, and I, he didn't outright lose them either. He, he did not bad considering, I thought. Yeah. My takeaway through the whole election, and I, I have to say, this is just all about my own wishes for what government does. You know, it's all about just my own preferences. I just found the liberals again and again, just resoundingly, clangingly, alarmingly tone deaf. They just, every time an issue came up, you know, so they're advertising in some magazine, Fraser Valley, that's pro-life and uh, I don't know, homophobic, transphobic. And they get called out on it. And Wilkinson says there's no place for this in the Liberal Party. But they just keep advertising. They just keep doing business with that mm -hmm. magazine anyways. Mm -hmm. You sort of think, I don't care what your beliefs are politically. Pull it. Just say, oh, yeah, no, we're done. Laurie Thronas, a candidate out again out in the Valley, same sort of thing. He believes in, I think it was conversion therapy or something. I can't remember what it even was. Again, oh, we don't have any place in the Liberal Party for those values. But they let it go on forever before they finally said Laurie Thronas is no longer part of the Liberal Party. Well, that's Party. a problem just... that all parties have. There's, there's people who are out towards the end, and it happens like, so for example, Joe, Joe Biden. I'm pro-fracking, man. Yeah. No, I don't believe in that Green New Deal. Yeah. Um, he may well, we'll never know that. He's a pretty conservative guy, but... Uh, it's just part of getting elected. You cannot possibly get elected unless you have some of that two-facedness going on. Absolutely. But the, the thing that was constantly banging me right in the head was, 
how badly they did it. Oh my God. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like a couple of days goes by after you've said there's no place in your party for this, that, or the other. And after a couple more days of just constant attack, the guy resigns. Or in the case of that Jane Thornthwaite thing, like three days went by before anybody said anything. And then she issued some half-baked apology. And then another couple of days went by and he issued a half-baked apology. You got to respond. Well, I was going to say, you got to be better than that. I was going to say, the l- liberal machine is a shadow of its former self, but oh, it's, it's my not. God. Actually, there is no machine anymore. No, they're just so, in tatters. I just. Yeah. But that said, I thought Andrew Wilkinson was okay and he's resigned. And you know what's going to happen? Yeah. Somebody who is more right wing will come it's, in and uh, they'll say, you know what? You, you gave up on us when, you know, we said whatever we said and that magazine and uh he threw us under the bus he threw thornthwaite yep. under the bus and that's why we lost and what really the liberals would have done a lot better if they'd become attack dogs like the Probably. classic politics is what forces you back to the 45 percent level anyway yeah maybe i mean the same thing's happening federally with the conservative leadership right they had sheer in there and he was that guy he was all of those policies that were not going well so now they got O'Toole in, and he's those same policies, but he's just smarter about it. Hmm. He reacts better. He puts a better second face on it. And I mean, the NDP is the same thing. They, they've got terrible problems with some of their indigenous work, some of their resource work, but they just put a better face on it than, you know, the, like that's the thing that struck me with Wilkinson. He's not a warm, friendly guy to begin with. And the way they responded, I don't know who was running their stuff, but... They were just so clumsy about a whole bunch of that stuff. Just ridiculously bad. All right. So that's our uh, short political segment for the day. Wait, I want to foam on a whole bunch. more. No, I don't. I've got one here. I had wanted to do this in person, but I'm not sure. We might be doing these remote for a little while. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Are we going to go full lockdown? In fact, Adrian Dix just said that you're, please get ready. You're not going to believe the numbers coming up on the, yeah. Yeah, so is he going to go full lockdown? Oh, I don't know what level, but they certainly have to encourage people to to do what they need to do. To rat out their neighbors? I think that's what they got to do is encourage people to rat out their neighbors when they're having gatherings of more than six people. Like in communist China. Yeah, absolutely. Second kid, phone somebody. The NDP, they're communists anyway. It's yeah. the sort of thing they would do. Okay, this is one of the uh, leftover segments from the uh, from the big sale I'm holding up in front of me for the people listening at home. Oh. This is one of the items. We got, we found so many interesting items in the house, and this, this one is some Chinese medicine that I had hoped to bring in person because you guys could, uh, you know, consider taking some. Or Depends on what it's for. <laughs> This, well, I'll tell you what it's for. This is called Lung Fu Feng Chu. Um, handwritten on here is uh, $12. So that was the cost of this. I'm so, guessing. So if I take that, I'll get $12? Is that- this is made in China by the United Pharmaceutical Manufactory in Quangchow. A little bit of an old style spelling. This is prepared from... Uh, valuable medicinal herbs and animals through scientific process. It contains iron, phosphorus, calcium, and other vitamins, superior in quality and fragrant in smell. It is 
an excellent tonic, highly recommended for persons irrespective of age and sex in all seasons. It is good for anemia, rheumatism, and strengthen the kidneys. Drink at one's own discretion. Okay, now I'm going to pull this out. Does it have alcohol in it? Well, I'm going to go over the ingredients with you. You know, it might have alcohol, but they just talk about the medicinal ingredients. Well, of course, but quite often that was a selling point with tonics, is they were a covert way to drink. There you go. Doesn't that look nice? Yes. It looks like what came out of my busted coffee. Don't you wish you could have a, a sniff of it? Yes, I do, actually. And by the way, you can actually smell it uh, so that whatever seal there is not... 100% intact. Is it fragrant? You know, it doesn't smell bad. It smells medicinal, though. Medicinal, I think you're going for there. Well, you're just biased. <laughs> oh, boy. Am I ever. How old do you think it is, Rich? I'm going to say late 60s. What do you think? Nice. I'm not sure. That's my <laughs> guess. Okay, you ready for the ingredients? Lay them this on is from the highest percentage to the lowest. Number one, chicken. Wow. Number two, fresh snake flesh. Nice. I did a little bit of research. And are you sure these are from highest to lowest? Yeah, that's 15. Wow. 15%. Um, I did a little research and a lot of them, wow. they say it has to be fresh. I mean, this is not fresh, right? But when you make the medicine, the snake flesh has to be fresh. And then there's a number of Latin terms like uh, ox, tigritus, five, uh, radix, Credinopterus. Um, there's one uh, fructus lychee, so that's mm -hmm. lychee fruit. Um, there's Carapax testudinis. I'd say that's turtle balls. Uh, <laughs> Longan pulp goes on and on. That is great. I just wonder what it's supposed to do for whom. It said arthritis and what else? Rheumatism, kidneys. Yeah, kidneys. So I wonder what prompts you to go out and buy that. Oh, and by the way, um, Sue, Sue has uh, memories of medicinal soup as a child. And yeah. they're not good memories. It always tasted awful. And so she, uh, I think this is the kind of thing she is being served. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pop out and grab one more uh, thing that we got from the house. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, it's Hale. Oh, she is back. Just came on in now. Yeah. Hi, hon. Hi. Hi, Haley. Tell her that we say hi, Skin. The guys say hi. Hi, guys. Hi, guys, she says. All right. Uh, yeah, so again, with uh, the soups of Sue's childhood, um, Sue's mom had a great big freezer in the basement, and uh, we emptied it over time, but it forever had one package in the freezer that nobody wanted to deal with. Um, so here we are dealing with it now. So uh, It's the no longer fresh snake. <laughs> Here's one. Look at this. Can you tell me what that is? Uh, it's brains. Jellyfish. Okay. I think it could be any of those things. My guess is it's a mushroom sliced really thin on the side. Yes. But uh, you should use Google Translate on that, RJ. Yeah. So can you put pictures of the Chinese characters in? Yeah. If you just point your camera with Google Translate, you get Google Translate up, activate the camera, point it at the thing, and it will recognize those characters. And uh, if you just look at your podcast app, we will put pictures of these things up so you can observe them yourself. 
Okay, guys, what about this one? That is definitely fungus of some sort, I believe. Yeah, this one looks more like a sea creature to me. Like To me, it looks like that black fungus that you get in soups sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. KJ, got a guess? Well, isn't that seaweed that you get in soups that really dark? Well, there's a black fungus, and it's kind of curly. Yeah. And, and it's quite rubbery. Okay, well, this is uh, this next one coming up here. Oh, this one. That looks like a rat or a bat. Oh, wait. When you hold it at that angle, it's a bat, I think. There's a couple of them in yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's a bat. Let's look at the other side. I think you're right. Wow. Eye of newt and wing of bat. Ladies and gentlemen, bats, please don't uh, eat bats. Not because of anything there. It's just they eat so many insects. Uh, and that's not, it's not why you shouldn't eat them. It's because they're killing zillions of insects that otherwise we'd have to deal with. So, okay, that was the big closer. That was, that's, I've never seen that before. I'm pretty sure that sure looked like a bat at this end. So, what do you think we should do with these? Um, Put them in the freezer. Yeah. So, I'm thinking, I mean, we just held on to it for this moment. I, I can't see anything but uh, compost for these. Well, maybe. Maybe ask around among <laughs> any of Sue's relatives whether they want them. Because maybe she's got, maybe her mom still has friends and relatives around that would really like some frozen bat and whatever else is there. Because like those soups, right? For sure, those would be those ingredients for health soups. Yeah, Sue never has to have those soups again. I should ask at dance about that. You should. Ask them what you, what you use bats for. Well, and what those, yeah. Yeah, and how about I put them in the freezer, but I need to hear back from you within a week or two. got to get rid of these things. <laughs> they're going fast. Why? Why do you need to get rid of them so urgently? Well, they're taking up room. Oh, yeah, like a tenth of us. They're nothing. They're nothing. So you're still dancing skin? Oh, yeah, every night. Good for you. Are you feeling a little bit less and less robotic as time goes oh, by? Oh, I'm sinuous and graceful. It's it's unbelievable. It's like the blowing wind and the falling leaves. Yeah, because I, <laughs> what you said was once you master one, you're no longer interested in it. I think that's crazy. There's nothing better than feeling completely comfortable about something that's not easy to do. Yes, and there's uh, that's to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt because... The other day I was really in no mood, just in no mood whatsoever. And I noticed coincidentally that I wasn't having any trouble remembering all the moves. Oh. And I think it was because I just was not at all preoccupied with whether I was making the moves correctly. Oh. I was just making the moves. So I think there's something to the theory there. Chun-Yi, which means spring. She's uh, brings the music, and she's got this player, and it's some made in China player. It's super Chinese looking. It's got a million little lights and buttons all over it, and uh, she plays it. And every now and then it cuts out, and then it comes back again. And then what we've heard is they just die, and she gets rid of them and gets another, and she has another couple of them in the house right now. So because I've been watching Musky One, that's Musky One for all those tractor repairs and lawnmower repairs and dying to do. I said, uh, well, tell her not to throw the next one out. Just give it to me. I want to look at it and see if there's anything obvious wrong with it. Right. So like, 
it cut out. And after that evening, she gave it to me. It was uh, last week. It was quite cold. It was like, you know, four and five degrees and it cut out a couple times. She gave it to me. And so first thing I noticed is there's two panels in the back held in with a single screw each and they hold batteries. Like, of course, it's got a rechargeable battery because she brings it. And these, you open these panels up and these batteries are just like sort of oversized AA batteries. They're the same proportions, but, uh, you know, they're sort of two across and six high. It's just that they're bigger than double A, whereas a, whereas a double A battery might be one and a half centimeters wide and say five centimeters tall. These things are six, six and a half centimeters tall and two centimeters wide. Oh, I've right? never seen those. No, I hadn't either. Uh, 18650 is the battery size description. 18650, 3.7 volts, and there's four of them in there, right? Well, we all know from our personal phone experience that any rechargeable battery loses its capacity to be recharged to its manufacturer's original amount. Yes. As time goes by, as cycles are executed, they just go down. And these batteries, apparently, if I read it right, and honestly... I should we should put a picture of the player up someplace because anybody who can find any information about this in any language let me know but I believe these batteries have an automated cutout they're 3.7 volts each and they cut out if they go below three volts right. so first thing I did was just order some of these batteries they're like 25 bucks <laughs> and I mean the player the player is almost certainly worth quite a bit more than 25 bucks because, I mean, it has Bluetooth. Are they it has uh, a lithium-ion or nickel? Bar? Yeah, yes, okay, yeah. lithium-ion, I believe. And they're going to take weeks to come. they got to be shipped on this proverbial slow boat, but that's fine. In the meantime, what I did was just plugged one of my uh, battery packs from home. You know, the kind you take with you when you're going on a long trip and you don't know when you're going to be able to recharge. I just plugged one of those into this player as a supplement because I Googled it up and basically I was worried that you can cause trouble doing that, but I actually don't think that's very likely at all. Yeah. Where you have it charging at the same time as it is discharging. One of the remarks I read was the guy said, the automatic switchover that you were looking for is called the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> so if the draw is greater than the battery can supply, then it will draw from the battery that you're feeding in right yes it just it's all the same thing yeah, so yeah. just plugged it in and it worked but it wasn't very cold last night when i did it so the tell will be in the next very cold night and we'll just do that until either she wants to bring a new machine which she has a couple more of or the batteries arrive from China. so how much uh were the uh batteries oh they were 25 bucks for four of them and and, and you uh, need how many in the player four Okay, four of these. and you could probably buy a player for 20 bucks, right? Well, I wonder about that because the player has the ability, it has a FM receiver in it. Yeah. It has Bluetooth. You can Bluetooth to it with your whatever. It has a microphone jack. It has two ports for micro SD cards. Yeah. It has, Each of these and, components and is it has like a USB 20 cents, port. right? Yeah, I know. And it has a USB port and it all goes together. You're right, though. I don't know what they do cost. Um, she's probably been throwing out 40 and $50 players for the lack of $25 batteries, probably. That's my little thing. Very good. These days. Very good. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll let you know whether it all works beautifully. Those batteries are something else, though. 
they look like double A batteries, except for they're the wrong size, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the lithium ion ones that are inside various devices never are the same size. They're just different. And, you know, if you break those things open or if you break open a double A battery, what's inside are a bunch of small batteries in series. Oh. Yeah. They're little discs. That player is something else. So. I was going to say, when you're... Uh, in that special mood when you're dancing whatever it was you magically became a good dancer and it, it reminded me of of if someone was on certain drugs or alcohol and were trying to play chess wow my breath is just taken away here listeners what a, what a segue <laughs> now now kj i saw the queen's gambit on your list does that mean that you watched that show Sure did. Uh-huh. And PJ, you said you didn't even crack it open or what? Actually, I didn't say that. You inferred that I because did. you're that guy. You just think negatively of all my efforts. I guess so. <laughs> but you implied it is what I'm thinking. I did not, in fact, imply any such thing. I just simply said something mm. like, you gave me a day's notice to listen to seven episodes. So no, I haven't listened to all of it. I, um, I listened to that. I watched the first one and I watched most of the second one. Uh, but that's as far as I've gotten. Well, I got to say that that was one of my favorite shows in a long time. Now, you know, you guys know of me as Thumbs Up Rich. Yeah. I like a lot of stuff. Anyway, boy, what a lovely, lovely show. Uh, seven episodes on Netflix. Um, fiction. Because a lot of these kind of shows, you go, it's based on some. This one's actually fiction. It's based on a 1983 book about a girl who is grows up an orphan and becomes a chess grandmaster and the drama is awesome throughout starring uh anya taylor joy i mean you look at the actress and her first name's anya you go well yes of course she's just got that kind of european mystery to her like she could have been she could have been russian eh eh moby yeah yeah huh. yeah you know interesting looking woman though isn't she oh totally yeah like yeah. her eyes are kind of set apart yeah and the kid the young the younger version of her was so excellent too i thought oh yeah just amazing uh, yeah the, yeah i agree with that and i i loved many cars in there in the first two episodes it's set in the 50s i believe and many cars were available for me to love in those couple yeah. of episodes. absolutely yeah. it's uh it's got that Mad Men aspect to it. A lot of the stuff's in the 60s. And just the beautiful sets and beautiful vehicles and streets. Yeah. She's just recently, in where I'm at, she's just recently been adopted out. And her bedroom and the house in general has all this wallpaper in it. Yes. And the wallpaper is just something else. It's just holy. I, I'm racking my brains trying to remember, were houses really done like this? Or is this just somebody has gone a little over the top with the periodicity of it. I just don't know, but man, oh man. But I love the character. There's a scene in the high school, and there are the her first day. There's the stereotypical mean girls table, and she walks up to that table, and they, by their body language, basically close in, and she's not welcome to sit at it. And in, in the usual movie, okay, that would that would deal her a blow. You know, she'd feel bad, right? And it's hard. You'd feel sorry for her. 
And then um, she goes and sits at a table by herself and somebody else comes and sits with her. And this is the, in, in every single movie, this is going to be the point where these two underdog nerds are going to, you know, find that there's, you know, something awesome inside of them and they're, they're going to bond. Yeah. No, she's actually not interested in this person that walks up. <laughs> like, she's just her own character. She does not need anybody. Um, she's yeah. very, she's tough. She's been toughened by her experience in the orphanage um, and by the hard knocks of her life and her relationship with her mother. And it's just, just a well, beautiful character. I mean, basically they set it up, right? The mom is some crazily highly qualified mathematician. Is she? Yeah. When, when the mom is burning all their possessions. Okay. One of the things that the young girl picks up is this... Oh, right. Book. Yes. And it's it's her mom's, the author of it, and it's bound in leather, and it's oh, Harvard or something like that. her mom wrote that book. Yeah, and it's theoretical mathematics oh. of some sort. You know, I saw the book, so, but I missed the fact that her mom was yeah. the author. So her mom's a high-powered brainiac who's got issues, right? But she's definitely got social skill issues. We get to see lots of that, and I think the kid gets that too, and that's, she's a chess genius, picks it up ridiculously quickly, just one view of a strategy and she remembers it. But I think we're, we're supposed to understand she's got some social issues too. Like doesn't care if she's at the cool girls table at all. The cinematography is just all about people, but of course also these 60s settings. The actor is just phenomenal, how she reacts to things. And the chess games, You, I could tell I'm not a... Uh, like a top level chess player. I'm kind of a, I never went anywhere. I never learned the openings, but I could play an okay game in high school. And I could tell there was something going on with these chess games. They were not just doing the usual thing where they have no clue. They employed grandmasters to come up with these games. Oh, you mean like they got coached? On those are real games. And those, those are invented games. When I say real games, they're, they could be real games, but they didn't just take high-end games and use them. They created new games for it. And so the chess moves that she does are, are like Capablanca, like someone who's, who's not analyzing, someone who's just living the game and has that you know, wow. you know, unique genius. And so they did those in that style, like the moves she comes up with are truly genius moves. So... I just think that uh, someone who's a chess fan should should watch this uh, this series. I wonder how many of the people that watch that show will even notice. Yeah, I mean, if like they made it, they made a big investment there. How many people will notice? I wonder. Well, I think yeah, I think if someone plays chess, they're going to notice. I saw a recent comment. A guy said he doesn't know how to play chess and was just fa fascinated by the whole thing in spite of it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I remember, I actually remember a Sicilian defense because, um, wow. who was it? Bobby Fischer and Kasparov? Yeah. Fischer, Fischer yeah. played Spassky as well. Spassky. Yeah. But I remember um, they used to say one of the Russian always uses Sicilian defense. And I looked it up and I actually figured out the first four moves from both sides to the you know the two pawns the two knights yeah I, and that, wow. that's still in my head from back then i'm sure just watching this wow. series made me think maybe i should go back and study those openings you know <laughs> i was just too lazy in my youth yeah yeah uh, but yeah i'm uh, i'm just too lazy here in my later youth there's no chance i'm doing that i never was any good at chess at all i just barely understood 
how you may move them in. Also, the chess personalities, you know, not they're not all the same, but there's certainly a lot of personalities, and that's true in real life as well. And when I was in uh, Logan Lake, there was this kid that ended up living with me for some reason. I don't know, a week or two. It was just some arrangement where he needed some place to stay. And I think he was like 12 years old or 14 maybe. And uh, I would have been 20. And I was so frustrated playing him. It was just awful. Like, I've got a little bit of an ego. I'm a little bit competitive in games. And I take pride in being kind of smart I guess and so I would think and I'd look and I'd make my move and then the moment I made my move he would look up from his magazine reach over and make his move and then go back to reading I just fucking hated that kid I just hated him and I stopped playing him I just couldn't handle it so Listeners, this is a watershed moment where we actually get a real insight into RJ's makeup there. I want you to just just scroll back about 30 seconds and listen to that again to make sure that it sinks right in. Because you want to listen to that little chunk. I don't think I've talked to anybody about that either. I should say not, no, but it sure typifies a whole pile of behavior. There you go. That's fun. And not not negatively. It served you very well, I'll just say that. But uh, yeah, (laughs) that's funny. I mean, the surprise is, I think many of us have experienced that same surprised insight way later in life where you suddenly think, oh my God, I'm actually more competitive than I thought I was or less able to accept defeat graciously than I thought I was. Some of the foosball guys pretty good at chess. So, you know, yeah, in between games, you'd see a couple of them head over to a table and start playing chess. And I think there was usually some money involved. If I was going to bet, I would bet there's a high correlation between chess players and computer experts. Mm. Uh, it's just something about logic, just something about uh, predicting consequence, all that I think of. so. I think, Moby, you were asking Griffin about, I think, music and math. And he said it's different parts of the brains. But I do know that there's a high correlation between being good at music and being good at math. And I would think both of those also would would go well with being good at chess. Mm. Yeah, I think too. Hey, how about the uh, black actress? In Queen's Gambit. Who is the same actress, right? Oh, did they use the same actress for her scenes yes. in the orphanage? Oh, yes. I did not see that. Yes, and I thought, holy shit, that... Because she plays whatever seventeen or sixteen right. really well. Yeah, like I bought it. Like maybe a little bit older than our hero, but but holy shit! When I saw her at the end, isn't that funny? They dress her up a certain way. They cut her hair. I wonder. Of course, she could be using a wig in the later scenes, but she's got the big afro. Yeah, yeah. Um, they could have even filmed it out of order. Who knows? But uh, that was uh, yeah. So it's like they dress her up in a certain way. They give her a certain haircut. And a lack of makeup. And there you go. Yeah. She's 17. Yeah, yeah. But it really worked. I was kind of blown away. I thought, oh, how are they going to... Because I think I, I think everybody expects her to come back sooner or later. But yes. that's pretty incredible, I thought. Obviously, i got to get through the rest of it. I think you should, yeah. Actually, today I was going through photos from the movie. And they were presented in the order of the movie. And I was just thinking, oh, my God. I, wanna, I think I want to see it again. Now, we've come to the end. 
we've been all safe. We thought we would get ahead of the curve on the rise in COVID numbers in BC, just do this virtually. We've had a lot of fun. If there's anything you've heard about here, and I'm looking at you, Nancy and New West, that you wanted to get in touch with us about, please do so. And we will look forward to whatever you have to say as long as it's flattering and positive. Until you hear from us again, take care of yourselves. It's getting a little bit worse from a COVID perspective, so you're going to have to be just a little bit more, take more precautions. Look after yourself a little bit better because we definitely want you to come back. Thank you.